Salutation, peace, and blessings. You are listening to The Commish on the Kneel Down Podcast. I have a new show for you guys for this weekend. I am blessed and highly favored to be here one more time, sitting in the big chair with some more information about football. It is that time of the year where we can talk about football once again. Thank you, Lord. I can't tell you how happy I am right now, how excited I am to be able to share with you my feelings and views of this season of football. And I got a lot to talk about. So I want to get started by talking about college football. Why? Because we have spent the last six months of our lives trying to get an understanding as to if college football is going to play if all of the conferences are going to take into effect, if this is something that all teams will be able to adjust to, if all conferences will be able to adjust to, and it is obvious, it is evident that even though we still have no Pac-12, we don't have the Big East, we don't have the Big Ten, we still have college football and what makes that evident is that on thursday thursday evening we had two games we had two college games that probably did not get as much recognition in certain parts of the the country but we still acknowledge the fact that they still played college football what does this mean well what this basically means is that uh in, in spite of this pandemic in spite of the location of a lot of these universities that have decided to not play football this fall, there are still conferences that have decided that we are going to play in spite of the pandemic. Now, it's complimentary because I I, I have to believe if you are a coach, if you are a player, you are skeptical as to how this season will unfold. This is going to be a lengthy season due in large part because of the COVID virus. There's no getting around the virus outside of the precautions that many have taken to make sure that the virus does not affect themselves, rightfully so. So when we're talking about college football, we understand that going back to school, we are exposed and I'm saying we and account for the number of students that have already returned back to school. They are on campus and they are taking classes as we speak. So with that being said, these young men and women have decided to dedicate their time and their health into a better education and perhaps a start of their uh, sporting um sporting routine be it football volleyball track uh starting basketball softball whatever sporting activity is taking place for the fall they have committed to that and the fact that we're talking about college football in the midst of what is happening today speaks volumes of what a lot of these institutions are willing to do in large part because they feel as though they have to maintain the name of college football and the universities that they represent. 
So we want to show some dedication. We want to show some love to Central Arkansas. We want to show some love to the University of Alabama, Birmingham. We want to show some love to uh, University of Southern Methodist and the University of Southern Alabama because these teams, these schools decided to play football. And, and mind you, we're talking about southern states here. The states I just named is Alabama, Arkansas, and these teams have taken upon themselves to go out there and play. And this is the these are the areas where the COVID virus has hit the hardest over the last three or four months. So it really sets it really sets the precedent as to what we're talking about here when we're talking about college football because even though these teams are located in the deep south they are not thinking about the risks they're not thinking about the consequences of catching this virus and this is where the guts of certain players certain teams certain coaches have decided to come out and say we're going to do this or we're going to do this not so much for the sake of the school or the players but for the fans that have spent years after years of uh being committed to college football and you're looking at alabama you're looking at georgia florida louisiana texas these southern states, they football is gospel down there. You've got church Sunday, but you've got football on Saturday. So it runs hand in hand. We're talking about college football at this time of the year. There's no getting around it, people. We don't. I think there's certain locations in this country where we can pretty much do without college football. When we're talking about a pandemic like. Uh, the COVID virus that have wiped out so many people. Well over 160,000 people in this country alone have lost their lives to this virus. So there is levels of skepticism that comes with playing football at this time. And, you know, I get it. The commission is not, I'm not oblivious to what's happening around me. It's just the fact that in the midst of the virus, we have to understand that there are other things that we could be at risk of as well. There's other things that we could be susceptible to. And it's just the fact that we have to also be mindful of the fact that these viruses exist as well. We still got to worry about the flu, right? We still got to worry about the common cold. We still got to worry about other things out there that exist. So why should this season be any different from any other season, because we're talking about one virus that's wiped out so many people. It's in large part because of the fact that there are many, there are a number of people, there are many people that may not know how to take better care of themselves so that when the virus does hit, we would know what to do in those situations so that we can somehow heal ourselves during the quarantine process. That is something that we have to constantly keep in mind. It's paramount that we understand the quarantine part process is something we don't take lightly. We cannot take this process lightly because it makes all the difference in the world as to what you do one day from the next. It's the difference between you going to work and staying at work. It's the difference between you going to school and maintaining your classes. And I got to believe if we're talking about colleges and and sports. This is the difference between staying the course 
playing that sport and being highly recognized at the end of that sport to perhaps take you prof to, on a professional level. When we're talking about these schools, we're, we're still talking about the concept of going to pro sports. We're talking about pro basketball, pro football, pro baseball. We don't want to lose focus. And we're talking about the SEC that has University of Alabama there, has Georgia there, has other schools. Tennessee is there. Uh, we could talk about Kentucky. We could talk about a number of schools that exist in the SEC with Florida. And the, the, the name of these schools go on and on and on. We don't want to lose sight of that. And you're talking about the ACC and, and the big powerhouses that come out of there like Clemson and North Carolina in this Florida state. And uh, there's uh, the U, there's the University of Miami, Syracuse, Boston College. There's a lot of schools here that we're talking about that we don't want to lose sight of in large part of as to what they, the, the, the volume that they accumulate and then, and then the revenue that comes with it. We can't talk about college sports without even talking about how much money is engrossed into these schools and it's hard to put that concept of not playing uh college sports for this year knowing that they're going to lose so much revenue so much money in the process it's a tough decision if you are a squad that is not highly recognized because you're not a powerhouse like Alabama. You may not be a powerhouse like Florida. So you want to take full advantage of this opportunity to play in the SEC, to play these games, because it's the recognition behind who you are as an athlete. And it's also the point of how involved and united we've become. You know, the synergy stays intact. It's constant because of, of the camaraderie you have amongst your peers and then the opposition that you go against every season. It doesn't change. And if you're a senior, if you've been there for three years, four years, and you're on your way out, you want to end this year with a bang. I'm sorry. I mean, there's a lot of young men out there that look forward to this opportunity because of the fact that they have their college uh, gameplay at stake as far as taking them to the next level to the NFL. So how can we miss out on an opportunity like this by saying we're not going to play because of the fact that the virus could make a number of us sick? Now, it might not. But I think therein lies the point that we have to take a chance in large part because this is the only year that we have left to do what's meaningful and what's possible to get ourselves to the next level, to get ourselves into the NFL. And there's a lot of people that want to play NFL ball. I don't blame them. There's a lot of uh, young students right now that are, are planning to graduate because they want to go and play into the NBA or the WNBA. That's what they're shooting for. They didn't get that opportunity the end of last season because of the virus. So why not take advantage of this opportunity to try our best to do what it is we couldn't finish doing last year and try to cement this season as one of the best seasons that we've had. And I just mentioned a few teams that played uh, on Thursday, but there's others 
that are playing on Saturday. There's Eastern Kentucky, Marshall. There's uh, Middle Tennessee State, Army, Southern Southern Methodist. There's Texas State. And there's a number of other schools that are playing. Arkansas State, Memphis, uh, UTEP is playing. And then we got BYU and Navy on Monday. We are still inundated with football in spite of the fact that we're not going to watch our teams from USC and U- and UCLA and Colorado play. We're not going to see our teams play from Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State of Michigan play. But you're still going to see football. You still get an opportunity to see football. And whether it be this week, uh, th- this coming weekend, or the following weekend, you're still going to get an opportunity to watch football. And I understand that the virus takes precedent. Yes, I get all of that, but we are at a state in our lives where we need an outlet. We need some sense of gratification. We need to feel like we matter. And I'm talking about everybody that's a fan of sports, a fan of football, to be able to turn on the television and see these college teams play in spite of the virus. So says the commission. A lot of exciting games going on, but I I, I made mention of college football. Please, those that are listening, please understand that I don't want to take away from the fact that this virus is a virus that we should not take lightly. I don't think any of these colleges, I don't think any of these institutions are taking the threat of this virus lightly. It's just the fact that in this time of this year, we are probably more knowledgeable of what we can do to better prevent the virus from spreading in these locations as opposed to where we were six months ago when the virus hit everybody like a fist. And before long, so many people were just getting sick. So many people were not recovering. And, th- and that may be the case now. But for where we were in March to where we are now at the start of September, we have overcome a lot with regards to the virus. It's still pre- It's still out there. It's still prevalent. It's still something that anybody could still become sick with, including yours truly. I am mindful of that. But keep in mind the fact that we are now in a position going into September where a lot of people are getting shots, flu shots, tetanus shots, MMR shots, tuberculosis shots. We are better preparing ourselves health-wise for the threat of other diseases that we instinctively are going to do the same when we're talking about the coronavirus. Why should the coronavirus get less attention than the other viruses and vice versa. Why should the flu get less attention because the coronavirus has wiped out so many people over the last six months? It's still the fact that we're mindful of what we were, where we need to be and what we need to be in a position where we can feel better about ourselves because we've taken the precautions to make sure that we stay safe, that we stay healthy. We walk around with masks on, most of us do. And there's most of us that walk around within six feet of other people. So we have adjusted to this new normal so that we have a better understanding of what will matter to us as we get closer to the end of this year, because we don't want a reoccurrence of what we just went through. And and, and, and believe me when I tell you, I stand 
alongside so many other people that feel the same way. The point I make is the fact that we should not sit on our hands and fall victim and maintain that fearful act of not to know what to do with ourselves at a time where sports makes all the sense in the world. So says the commish. I am again grateful to be on the mic. I am happy to say that we are going into a weekend where school is now starting be it colleges, high schools, grade schools, elementary schools. It's an exciting time if you are a parent. It's probably a more exciting time if you are a student. But with all that being said, even though this is a sports podcast, I want to make it very clear, abundantly clear, that your health is the most important thing that you have on this earth. Believe me when I tell you, When you don't have your health, so many things look so bleak as far as success goes, as far as the level of longevity goes, as far as what you can do with yourself, how you handle yourself. It all comes down to your health. And we see so many people in businesses retiring. There's a lot of businesses that have filed for bankruptcy. There's a lot of businesses that can't reopen in large part because of the lack of funds that have supported them all this time. It's a sad time. In the world of business and finance, it is a sad time because those are businesses that you can't get back once you've decided to close. It could be years before you rebound due in large part to this virus. Unemployment rates are still high and you have to take into account the fact that there's a number of people at this point that are probably retiring in fear of what could happen to themselves because of the age range that they're in. So now the business aspect has changed altogether. And the business aspect has changed to a, to a point where if you're a, a teacher, it really comes down to if you want to be in an environment like that or not. We are surrounded by other people that may have this virus. So the level of skepticism stays there. It's constant. The level of fear amongst a lot of people stays constant. It's always there. But I am a go-getter. I am a person that believes that we can't sit on our hands and allow something like a virus dictate our lives. And I got to believe for the people that decided to stick with playing football for this year, I commend them because they could have said no. They could have just said, we're not going to do this. It is not worth the cost. It is not worth people's lives. But we have done a great job, an outstanding job of making sure that people, athletes, all the same are safe in an environment where things are unsafe. We understand how important our health is. And so we're going to take advantage of that going into this weekend. And it's a wonderful thing. It truly is a wonderful thing. So says the commish. This is the Kneel Down podcast. And I'm coming to you with some information regarding football because we are less than a week away, ladies and gentlemen, to football. The NFL starts next Thursday. How happy are we to know that the NFL is going to take part next week? I I can honestly say if it weren't for the virus, 
I don't know how many, we're probably talking about double the amount of people that would normally attend a football game to be in the parking lots <laughs> during this time of football. We have waited so long since the beginning of February to this point to just be ready to watch football, to enjoy football. And I, 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 I spoke last, uh, I spoke yesterday, the day before, excuse me, regarding football. And I, I spoke on, on the Kansas City Chiefs, excuse me. And I talked about the Chiefs and what they could do this year. And I won't go back into it. But what I want to add to that is uh, for what the Kansas City Chiefs have in front of them, they are going to be the team to beat, bar none. They are going to be the team to beat. They are an elite squad of talented football players that have a lot riding on this season. They have an outstanding coach, awesome, superb coach, Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. It's too bad Andy Reid cannot be a coach for uh, <laughs> for the uh, Washington football team. But that's you know that's that's for another day. I digress on that. But what I'm basically saying is, for what the Chiefs have in front of them, they have an opportunity to do a lot of what they did last year for this coming season. And I just honestly believe, even with the money that just they just uh, gave Patrick Mahomes, who was of course the Super Bowl MVP this past year. Uh, for the next 10 years makes all the sense in the world it's just the fact that for what i think they're going to expect from this man may not be as realistic as we want it to be as we make it to be in large part because they're going to have the bull's eyes on the on their backs of which a lot of these teams are coming for them i don't have the full schedule in front of me but there are a lot of teams that are coming for them because of what type of team that they are that they know they can't take lightly. They, they, they know what Patrick Mahomes can do in the pocket. They know what the running game can do in the pocket. They know what the receivers can do once Patrick Mahomes gives them the ball. They're, they're aware of what the defense is like. The defense is good. Not great, but it's good. It was good enough to shut down the, the 49ers for the last uh, six, uh, six minutes of that game in the Super Bowl to help them win. So we got to give some credit to that Chiefs defense for what they do. And they paid a lot of money to keep those guys there as well. It's just more so the fact moving forward, how good are we expecting this Chiefs team to be? They could become the next New England Patriots uh, with respect to the number of championships they can win because of the level of talent that they have and because of the coach that they have. And I mentioned that Andy Reid is probably the second best coach in the league, if not the best coach in the league right now. So a lot is contended on what his style of play and the blueprint that he has for this season is going to uh, uh, work for him when it comes time to play these teams. And the AFC West may not be as predictable as it once was, now that they don't have Philip Rivers in Los Angeles, and now that Oakland went to Las Vegas, we don't know much more of what the AFC West could be for this team. One thing is current, one thing still stands supreme is the fact that that Chiefs style of play will not differ. It will not change, it won't deter, it will stay the type 
of team and squad that it's been for this time. You can still expect Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to Kelsey. You can still expect Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to, to Tariq Hill. And I did make mention that the only way that this Chiefs team has a chance of going back to the Super Bowl is if uh, Patrick Mahomes throws 50 touchdowns. He's got to throw 50 touchdowns. He's got to, he doesn't have to run the ball, mind you, but he's got to throw the ball a lot. And he's got to find that end zone a lot because there are a lot of teams in the AFC alone that are coming for him. And they have a lot of these defenses that are top-notch defenses in L.A., in Baltimore. Uh, it, there's, there's other defenses. Denver always looked pretty decent when we're talking about defenses. Uh, funny enough, we talk about New England. They come out of nowhere. They play a pretty good you know, style of defense. Win, but I know with the COVID virus, a lot of those guys are not playing this year. But Bill Belichick is still the mastermind in the NFL. And Andy Reid is not too far behind. So you think about these teams in the AFC and what they can do, and they can still be contenders when you're talking about a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. So says the commission, with the last few minutes that I have left, I want to talk a little bit about fantasy. Shout out to all the fantasy, uh, fantasy nerds, all the uh, fantasy geeks out there that spend, <laughs> they, they spend their summers getting ready for this time of the year to get ready for another season of fantasy football. That was me once upon a time. Thus the name, the commission. I was a commissioner for a lot of fantasy leagues in my time. And so now I come with this knowledge of what fantasy football is all about to bring it now on this podcast. Excuse me. And let me just say that for the upcoming fantasy season i see a lot of good players out there that i want to give some recognition to the first few guys i want to give recognition to are uh patrick mahomes naturally is the top quarterback going into the fantasy season i also want to show some love to christian mccaffrey who is allegedly the top running back going into this season and along with Christian McCaffrey being the number one running back I gotta believe the number one receiver going into this season has to be Michael Thomas I don't, I don't think anybody out there can say that Michael Thomas is not the number one receiver going into this year many people will probably question that and that's fine but giving who who's giving him the ball who's throwing him the ball who is going to give this man the opportunity to to catch the ball a hundred times this year and perhaps have 1500 yards receiving it's easy to say it's almost legit to say that he has the best chance at being the best receiver going into this season and rightfully so so you think about those three guys and you think about all the other uh, men that follow suit in, uh, in, 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 in in fantasy football. And I can go down a list of names off the top of my head with Julio Jones. You can think about uh, the running backs like uh, Saquon Barkley. You think about Ezekiel Elliott. You're thinking about receivers like Devontae Adams. You're thinking about receivers like, I just said, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. Um, you can think about Mike Evans now with 
with Tom, with Tom Brady there in the helm. You can think about Chris Godwin. You can think about other receivers out there, like uh, uh, what comes to mind, Tyreek Hill. Lost my train of thought for a second. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, man. The, the Houston Texans. I've said this on the show before. The Houston Texans made the biggest mistake of letting this man go. But this man is by far the best receiver in the NFL today. And he's playing on the Arizona team that's young. So look for this man to flourish this year, especially when we talking about fantasy. You're thinking about uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, being the best tight end. Rob Gronkowski's back playing in Tampa Bay. DJ Moore, Aaron Jones, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is another name that I want to throw out there. George Kittle. Uh, my goodness. We're talking about Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Miles Sanders, Eckler, I mean, he's another guy that's out there. Derrick Henry, my man, Derrick Henry from Tennessee. A lot of good talent out there that are going to take reign in fantasy football. I don't have a best. I don't have the top 10 going right now. Perhaps I'll save that for my Thursday episode, should there be a Thursday episode. But for all those freaks and geeks nerds out there that love themselves fantasy football have fun this year i'm in a few leagues myself just on you know on a website nothing fancy but still in all enjoy football enjoy the nfl it's coming up this thursday let's be ready i'll have a show to do on that when the time comes again i am the commish and you've been listening to the kneel down podcast here for you guys listen to i hope everybody has a great labor day weekend hope everybody stays safe out there be safe on the road be safe with your health and we'll do it all again next week peace and love to all you people out there i'm out